Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the social index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Alan. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. LinkedIn presents... For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Katie Crum. She's the CMO at Pure Insurance. And she started her career, actually, I believe, at Pure Insurance back in 2006, um, then went on to other companies like Nickelodeon, Marriott, Under Armour, and then a short stint at Weber Shandwick as well in the agency world and back to Pure Insurance. On the show today, we talk about why insurance, why, why, she's, why she's back, how she's building the brand at Pure and bringing that brand to life and what the combination of public relations and marketing is doing for her. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Katie Crum. Katie, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to this as well. You are actually we're testing out video today. And so this is this is a first for the show and we'll see how it goes, but what we love to do at the beginning of the show is just start with a personal story. Tell me tell me what comes to mind when I ask you about that. Sure. Yeah. I love telling stories about my dad, actually. And more recently, that has been a little bit challenging. He actually died a year and a half ago. And for a little bit of time, I couldn't really say dad without crying. (laughs) And 
I have a best friend who was very wise. And she told me that over time, it would become easier and that I would actually that it would bring me a lot of joy. So I'm not a pro at this yet, because I'm still dipping my toe in dad stories. But I am very excited to share a story about my dad and me. So it is September 2013, about a decade ago, it is my wedding day. And my dad and I are in the back of the church. Um, Everybody is gathering, sort of sitting down. The night before, everybody had enjoyed bowling, pizza, and beer. And they (laughs) will go on to have a night under the stars dancing. But at this very moment, there's sort of a lot of bustling in the church. And my dad, he was a little bit of an introvert. He was a corporate guy. Most importantly, though, he was a thinker. He was a huge observer of life. He could make us laugh because he was able to observe us and sort of make fun of us. <laughs> but he was also a really big planner. So he obviously had his speech ready for later. And you might think that he had spent a lot. He did spend a lot of time on that. But what I didn't know at the time was that he had actually thought a lot about this moment. I had not thought about it at all. And he had thought about what he was going to say to me because he knew he was going to have this tiny bit of time just alone. And he told me something that I'll remember forever. He basically said like, Katie, you're this quirky person who brings a lot of vulnerability to situations. Very different than me. He said, he actually said, you know, I had no idea if you'd make it in corporate America. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, you know, you're gonna, you've got this great partner in life now with Harry. And I want you to go out into the world and just be yourself because it, people come to you and they enjoy being around you and never forget that. So, you know, on the days when I'm having that imposter syndrome, which we all have, or you lose a little bit of confidence, I think about that story. And I really appreciate being able to share it with you. Today. Yeah. I, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm, I'm sorry that you passed away, but it, it sounds like you've got so many great memories of him to hold on to. That's amazing. I do. Um, I actually... For your listeners, um, one of the things I highly recommend, if you've ever heard of it, is StoryWorth, the app mm. that sends you one question every week for a year. Um, the year before my dad got really sick, he actually took it on. As I explained, he was a thinker. He took it on. He answered every question every week. <laughs> and so at the end of it, he had a book. And it really is super wow. priceless. So it's a great gift for parents and grandparents. (laughs) I've never heard of that, but I've been thinking about doing it. I mean, obviously I'm about capturing audio (laughs) and capturing moments, but I I have never heard of that app. I have to to check it out. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Well, from moments with your dad and, and, and finding that life partner, let's talk about business and that corporate life. He wasn't so sure you were going to make it. With. So you've obviously made it. Uh, you are now like CMO of Pure Insurance. But what was your path through business? Yeah, what's really interesting, and I tell this story a lot at Pure, is I actually very early on at very early on in my career, I worked at Pure actually before it was even known as Pure. So I was the sixth employee at an insurance startup which would very quickly become pure. And the very cool thing about that experience for me is I figured out that I wanted to be a marketer while I was there. So we created the logo. We made the first website. We created the first advertising campaign. We did our first PR work in Florida because that's where we launched. We did direct mail. We did radio. It was just an incredible time for me to be part of 
the beginning of Pure. Mm. Ultimately, I left. I wanted to go back to school at night and we were headquartered in White Plains, still are today. Um, And I was living in New York City. And also, I didn't know if I wanted to work in insurance forever. So I worked at another startup. And then actually, I landed at Nickelodeon. And this was a very, I would say, enlightening part of my career. I was in this small group that was part of the marketing team that was really tasked with figuring out online and social experiences for kids. But it was it was early days. It was like the wild west of ideation and ideas for how to do cool stuff online to get kids excited about shows and make them brand fans. So we did things like bring voting for the Kids' Choice Awards to Twitter. We launched this scavenger hunt at Comic-Con for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, it was just so fun to come up with those ideas and bring them to life. It really taught me a lot about ideation and brainstorming and using technology and social media as inspiration. So kind of ideating inside platforms. Mm -hmm. But it was a very cool experience. It's a very very uncorporate corporate job, you know, like... (laughs) Yeah. I actually say that all the time. I'm like, it was a perfect, like, first one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's pretty amazing. Uh, Where'd you go from there? Yeah. yeah. So then I went to Marriott, which was a little more corporate, I would say. But I absolutely loved my time at Marriott. I was positioned between the digital marketing team and the brand marketing team. And I worked for the flagship brand Marriott Hotels at a really interesting time. We were refreshing the brand to capture the attention of millennials, or as we like to call them, next-gen travelers. Mm -hmm. And brick and mortar takes a while to change. So the hotels were going through a major refresh, but we had to figure out how do we connect with these people outside of the hotel experience. So I worked right alongside brand marketing. And on the digital side, we actually did this campaign around travel brilliantly. And we asked travelers to co-create the future of travel with us. And we brought some of their ideas to life inside the hotels. So I really got a education in brand marketing through that experience and was able to bring my digital experience to that world. So very cool. Wouldn't have left there, would have definitely stayed. But my boss at Nickelodeon recruited me to Under Armour. Mm. Felt like a job I couldn't pass up. Right. So I uh, went to Baltimore and... I did a few things there in the first year, but I think most notable when we acquired my fitness pal and Matt My Run, we merged those marketing and content teams and really created a content marketing team. We were tasked with how do we create content that that helps all the users of these apps really as it relates to their health and fitness goals, how do we help them on that journey? Mm-hmm. But we were also interested in introducing Under Armour as a brand to all of these users and we had advertisers. So we were ideating how to create revenue opportunities in terms of like integrated marketing solutions. So we were balancing a lot. We were creating a ton of content. We brought video to just like you, we we brought (laughs) video to the platform for the first time. So that was a really cool experience. It was really about creating quality content for those users on a regular basis. And then I dipped my toe in the agency world. I went to Weber Shanwick and led a team called called Digital Innovation. That was an awesome experience. I loved leading a team of people who were as excited about everything that I was excited about on a daily basis. I really felt plugged in during that job. And I learned how to be a better client, honestly, by being on the agency world. So that that was great. And then I got a call from Ross and landed back at Pure as the CMO. So it has been an awesome experience. This is my obviously first time CMO. And 
I lead a small but mighty team. And our remit is really all things marketing, PR, communications, which I love. I like to say one plus one equals three. So mm. I love sort of that everything is under one tenth. Love it. I love it. Well, and and I mean, quite the journey, like starting an insurance, going to like entertainment, if you will. Yeah. Then to hotels and hospitality, then to fashion, PR agency, now back to insurance. I have to ask, <laughs> not everyone thinks of insurance as the most sexy industry to work in. Why did you come back to insurance? Yes, that is a great question. So first and foremost, Ross called me. Ross, our CEO and founder, was my first great boss. And I say that because he has that combination of he cares intensely about the people that work for him, but he also has very high standards. And I think I aspire to be that type of person. That could be probably the best compliment I could get that somebody thinks like, I intensely care about you, but I also have very high expectations for the outcomes that we're trying to achieve. So he calls, I answer. We had obviously stayed in touch through my career. Um, that's reason number one. And number two, I think your point, it's true. Like I've, I've worked in these quote unquote sexy industries, mm. but I, at this point in my career, saw the challenge of, you know, having people sit up and learn about insurance and learn about pure, pure something that I think is very important to be one that I was really excited to run towards. So that was number two. Number three, I think um, Pure is an incredible company with an incredible story to tell. We have great products. And I think really transitioning us from company to brand, I thought was another challenge that I would really enjoy. I've worked at these very mature brands. So sort of being part of raising awareness and familiarity about Pure among an audience. I mean, we've been around for 17 years, but we'll talk about this in a little bit. We, we still have work to do on that front. So, right. And then the last thing, the team I have now, it's about 20 people. And like I said, it's marketing, PR, social media, member communications, broker communications. It's sort of all under this tent. And after working at these much larger companies, I saw how everything doesn't work in unison sometimes. Right. So as a first-time CMO, I thought from a size-wise perspective that this was a really good fit. And I have to say, my team is incredible. They work so hard and have so much care. I couldn't have a better group of people to work alongside of. I love that. Well, we have to talk about what, what does pure insurance do? Oh, yeah, yeah I, I missed that one in the in the series, but we'll come back. We're, we're on it now. So what, yeah. what do you guys do? What type of insurance or what, how do I think about the business? Yeah. So I'm so excited that you asked me that. <laughs> pure is a high net worth property and casualty insurance company designed specifically for high net worth individuals and families. So think high value homes, collections, art, jewelry, yachts, expensive cars. Okay. Um, that's what we insure. And we like to say that we insure the most responsible families of the finest built homes. So that point about most responsible, we are very selective. And mm. we have this really interesting model. It, we call it a membership model, which makes us unique in the space. And really... Day in and day out, we're focused on the membership. We're focusing on making them safer and more resilient day in and day out. That, mm. that is our singular focus. And we, from a, you know, what makes us unique perspective, it is that membership model, but we offer superior coverage. We have a commitment to loss prevention. 
we actually have some financial benefits related to loyalty. And there's a level of transparency that's really important with our membership, as well as even a sense of community. So I think it's a really special place. And we have a really good story to tell. It's definitely a unique model. I mean, a member-driven insurance offering, uh, and specifically targeted to high net worth. Is it I mean, I know just enough about like the details of how insurance is underwritten to be and we can go really deep. All out. right, all right, all right, all right. So, I mean, I know insurance very well, but the underwriting process I don't know as well. But is this like what they call a captive? Like, are you, is it like a captive insurance plan or something like that? Uh, it, no. We sell through independent brokers. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, our independent brokers, that is our primary channel. So. Mm-hmm. I'm raising awareness among the prospect audience, but then they're going to their independent broker and asking. Gotcha. About- gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. And so, and so the restrictive part, the, the notion of risk, right? You want responsible owners, but yeah. also people that have big things to ensure. So those two things have to work hand in hand. Yes. I mean, we want the most responsible owners, the big things to ensure. I mean, I think that our products are designed specifically for right. them. So it's a, it's more va- what we're offering is is likely more valuable to that consumer. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, so you talk about like building a brand for Pure. Like, what? How are you thinking about that? How are you thinking about building that brand? Yeah. So what's incredible is we have a really great reputation among our members and our brokers. With our members, we have a renewal rate of over ninety four percent, and our net promoter score is world class. So we have a really great foundation. I mean, if you think about it members tell other people about Pure and that helps us grow. So that foundation is very strong. But last year, as we set out on this, working on this new brand campaign, we actually backed all the way up and we did some consumer research. We did some work around the brand platform. And through the consumer research, we did realize that Pure, there's a certain level of awareness among the audience, but somebody described it to me this way. It's like, an empty box in some cases where you're like, oh, I've heard of them, but I don't, I don't know exactly what they're about. Mm-hmm. So part of the work with the brand campaign was like, how do we engage or showcase what the brand's all about so that they start to sort of understand what that green logo is? Mm-hmm. Um, we call it the pure green, by the way. Um, <laughs> so that's how we came up with this notion of join the club. It's really something that we can own because club you think about membership. So you're starting down that path of this is something unlike other insurance companies. I'm curious about this, especially if you're somebody who's looking for more from your insurance company. Mm -hmm. So that was an important aspect of our brand journey, really launching that campaign. Another piece of this, I think, you know, and I learned this at my Under Armour days, like employees are such an important part of brand. They really do more probably than anything that the marketing or advertising is ever going to do. And we have employees at Pure with such heart and soul and such believers in the brand. So again, we have a very strong foundation. But what we haven't done is ever provided them with, you know, if you think of brand, it's the summary of all those parts. And if you don't sort of sum it up for everyone, it, it, it can be like lots of people kind of talking about it in different ways. So we are working on our first brand book. And when I say brand book, I mean, mobile first scroll experience. I'm a big believer that these things have to be iterative. We're not going to print it in a book and then let it get dusty on the shelf. So um, we're working on that. And I think one of the places that it will actually come to live with employees is 
our head of service is working on what does excellent service look like in the 21st century? Like mm. what, what is that five year, 10 year look? And the intersection of sort of brand and those service tenants, I think reframes that to say, what does excellent service look like in the 21st century, the pure way? Like those types of projects, I think are, are going to be paramount in terms of us really defining what the brand's all about and living that um, mm. in and day out. That makes sense. That makes sense. What if it's, you started with the research that led to kind of defining the value prop, if you will. And yeah. like, is it the notion of membership? Is that the linchpin that helps people understand kind of where, where you go or, or is there more to the experience too, that you have to describe as well? Just curious how that works. I think we through, you know, you can't get everything done right. through a campaign. So I think through the research and through our ideation, we did return to membership as the mm. place to begin. It's the thing we can own. The technical term for our model is a reciprocal exchange. And that is not oh. where you want to begin. <laughs> no, that sounds, uh, sounds transactional. Yeah. 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 So yeah. this notion of membership, and we also know well, our goal is to make you feel like a member. So we really felt like it was the it was the place to begin the conversation from a brand campaign. I like it. I like it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I mean, there's an, a notion of, if you just think about like the, the pure essence of insurance, right? Which is yeah. collective people getting together and kind of like sharing risk, if you will. Yeah, Ben Franklin came up with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes way back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No one knows that like insurance makes the entire economy run, basically. <laughs> yeah. uh, like it's like the most, it's like oil for the economy uh, yeah. in many respects. But, but I mean what you're kind of doing is making Ben Franklin cool again, right? Like, like you're, you're talking about the core elements of what being a member activates and allows you to do, which is to share risk with other people. Yeah. You Alan, know? you could write for our blog. <laughs> uh, we actually, we have this article about what is a reciprocal exchange. Right. And it starts with that story of Ben Franklin and, you know, a community of neighbors coming together to share risk. Mm -hmm. And that is very much that notion. We lean very much into that notion versus, you know, like a traditional stockholder company. And now I get it too. That then now pure, I, it's pure insurance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, it, it writes itself. I mean, a little bit. 
Like, what do you really do as CMO? I mean, come on, come on. This stuff writes itself. <laughs> so easy. I know. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I, I love the examples too, of the employees, the employees, especially in a people business or a service business, especially with intangible products, right? Like, uh-huh. it, which is where you are. They play such an important role to your point you made earlier. I actually, I think about that all the time, right? In the sort of in the wild, like as we're living our life, like so many of our brand impressions are based on those service experiences. And yes, we can work all year on that 30 second spot. But really, that service experience is the thing that drives your feelings about the brand. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Well, you were talking about the the org that in the group that you manage, and you got both marketing and PR together. That not that is a little bit of a luxury because not every CMO has that. And I'm curious, like, what does how does that help you as you think about it? Yeah. So from a team structure standpoint, we have marketing and advertising, PR and communications, and then our creative team. So mm-hmm. that's broadly how we are made up. And like I said earlier, I have this notion that one plus one equals three. And it's really because working in these larger organizations you could see how, oh, if we could just get in a room and and all work together, like the consumer would experience something so much bigger and better than what we're doing in like our tiny, our tiny road here as it relates mm-hmm. to social media or as it relates to PR or as it relates to advertising. So one small example that I've been thinking about a lot right now, because we're about to publish it, but every year we work on a report to members and it is just a blockbuster piece of content. It's about it's like over 30 pages long. And it's so much more than a financial report that that is, it is that but it is also tells member stories. It talks about our commitments. It's really I mean, if you're a new member, it helps you learn all about the brand. So it's a, it's a really powerful document. And we do it every year. There's very rigorous, we do a bunch of it in house. So our communication team writes most of the articles from a design perspective, we do it in house. It's just an incredible labor of love. So that's the content piece, right? And the primary audience is definitely the membership. But inside this org, you think about this powerful document and you don't want it to be something that doesn't get seen by our broker partners and our prospect audience. So as we think about every year, how are we distributing this? As this tiny team that sort of operates together, we're able to ideate from a paid owned and earned perspective really how we get the word out. And one small example that I think about sometimes is we're thinking very carefully about those social media posts and what audiences they'll go to and how we creatively showcase the book from a social perspective. But in a larger organization where where somebody else is working on that document and it's going to a very specific audience, you know, it might just end up being like you send it over to the social team and they do a link share, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> right. I think that it's a small example, but for me that that it's really powerful when you can kind of get together and, and do it right. Yeah. Well, in those, those big, those big publications, if you will, like you're describing, I mean, they, to your point about like the richness of the content, if you think about the stories that you're telling, not just the financials um, and all the other elements that make up that big piece, it's like a, a satellite that you could then like launch things off of, I would imagine. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can go deeper. You can, From a member story perspective, we we share three member stories in the book, but then we do a series of member stories throughout the year. There's just, right. yeah, it's an incredible, it's incredible. I, it, you should look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will. Well, and it sounds, I mean, it sounds like kind of like a core engine, if you will, to the yeah. to like how you're putting your story together throughout the year. Yeah. 
which is cool. This is cool. I mean, when people come to me and ask me about content, I describe things. I've never had that example. So now I have a new example to talk about. But I talk about like, start with something really rich and dense, and then try to figure out how to make it interesting in bite-sized chunks. I I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Alan, you you and I are on the same page. (laughs) I also think when you work on something really dense and then you can think about all of these distribution places or how you mm-hmm. share it more than once because right. you take different angles, like it is just the gift that keeps giving if yeah. you can figure out the the way to make the engine work properly. I also think republishing yeah. is a great strategy for that. When you think about top performers from the year before mm-hmm. and right. adding to it, I, there's just, yeah. It's a lot there. I mean, it, it really is. Well, um, well, you, this is your first CMO gig, like official one. Yeah. How do you feel? How do you feel? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I feel good. I think the, I love coming to work every day. And probably that's the best measurement for that yeah. question. It is a, it's a big challenge. And I definitely worry about things at night, but I wake up in the morning and I'm ready to go. So love that's it. probably the best way to measure how I'm feeling. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's a great uh, measuring stick to, to compare yourself every day. If you, if you wake up that way, it sounds like it's going to be a good day. So, yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that we like to do on the show is to get to know you a little bit better. And my favorite question to ask everyone that comes on is what experience of your past defines or makes up who you are today? Yeah. So I have two, one mm-hmm. sort of work related and one not, I guess. I almost forgot about this and then I was reminded, which I kind of find so odd, but I played so much competitive soccer growing up. I, if I was to write a Twitter bio for like my 14 year old self, it would be like soccer player. (laughs) And it really shaped the way I think about team. Like I love team sports. I love being part of a team. And so marketing is a team sport and I, um, it really has shaped so much of how I approach working on teams and being part of teams. So that is a major impact. And then from a work standpoint, if I just go back to those Nickelodeon years, we had this really special way of brainstorming, sort of coming together. We picked the room really carefully and we we took on the assignments sort of in this really intense way. And then we'd we'd make rules related to how we were going to brainstorm. And then we'd go away and we'd make these epic decks with all these ideas to get things approved. And that process, like that process of coming up with great ideas and then building on them and, and getting them approved and then working through execution, it really, it, it's how I operate at every job now. You know, when people say brainstorm and they sort of get some people together and it's sort of casual, I'm like, no, that's not how we brainstorm. Like, that's not how we come up with great ideas. And I, I have this, thing I took away from there where it was like, we got to go to the blue ocean. Like you got to go out there and come up with the crazy ideas. And then you can swim back. Like somebody's going to tell you that's not possible, but don't not go there. Like go there. It's so (laughs) exciting, right? Like come up with that crazy idea, write it on the slide. So I just, I really, there's a special place in my heart and I, and I really try to carry that into every job. I love that idea. And especially the love for the crazy ideas because <laughs> um, yeah. we all have them. Right. And you're like, you're kind of like sitting in those sessions going, I don't know if I want to share this. Uh, yeah. I love the encouragement that you're giving people to, to share it. I mean, it's cool to write it, even if it doesn't come alive. Right. It's cool right. that you like write it up on the slide and it's like, yeah, that's a yeah. Really awesome, even if it never happens. <laughs> right. 
That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Well, and the, the competitive sport thing, you've got a, a number of number of folks that have been on the show. I don't know what it is about people that make it to C-suite level jobs, but there are a lot of competitive athletes. One that comes to mind, another soccer player, maybe you guys could pick up a scrimmage game, is uh, Andrea Brimmer at Ally Financial. Oh, so she's yeah. a big soccer lover. Uh, we play, play the ball back and forth. We don't have to get competitive about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. You put two CMOs in a room, they might get competitive. It'll be like, who's scoring on who next? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Man, maybe I can make that set up for the next video that we do together. We do a mashup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, um, what advice would you give your younger self if you were starting this journey all over again? So the first thing I would say before I even gave myself advice is I would just kind of pat myself on the back, I guess, and, and be in awe of my fearlessness. I really look back at how I went from job to job. There was a fearlessness about it that I, that I really smile at now. I, <laughs> I almost, not that I don't recognize it, but it was pretty cool. And then from an advice standpoint, I think um, you always want to be the person in the room that everybody trusts. I think cool projects come your way, like be the person that shows up, does the work and good stuff will come your way. And then the second piece of advice I actually still give myself, as Aaron Burr says in the musical Hamilton, to Hamilton, I th actually think he sings it, but I'm not going to sing it to you because I'm a <laughs> terrible singer. But he says... Listen more, talk less. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. um, I tend to, I have a lot of, it is with a lot of energy, I talk a lot. And when <laughs> I get excited, I talk a lot. When I want to build on people's ideas, I talk a lot. And it can mean that I interrupt people. So um, I would give myself that advice early on. And then some of the tactics that I now use is you're sitting in a room and nobody's talking. You just count to seven and wait to see if somebody does talk. In your head, obviously, not out loud. <laughs> right. And I get more comfortable with the silence so that you can let people in the room who maybe don't have the same, my energy comes through my talking and I, and I don't want to overpower a room. So I would, I would give myself that advice. I love that. I love that. I, yeah, no, no, no. You're, today is talk more, listen less. Yeah. <laughs> talk more, listen, listen more, talk more. <laughs> talk less is the real advice. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, and I love that. I love the whole, uh, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I, for a period of time after seeing Hamilton, I was on like repeat with the entire soundtrack on, on Spotify. Yeah. I, I probably single-handedly account for at least, I don't know, at least a thousand listens. Can you sing guess. that line for us? <clears throat> no, no, <laughs> but nice try. Nice try. Um, my oh. son, he's five, and he likes the soundtrack a lot. So yeah. we 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 now are have carried the torch for you because we huh. too listen to it on repeat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's good. It's really good. It's really good. Well, is there a topic that either you're trying to learn more about, or you think marketers need to be learning more about? Yeah, there's three things um, that kind of came to mind for me about this. I think team design in the 21st century is a really interesting topic. Like. We yeah. sort of fall into our own weight, like what we know. And I think things are changing. And I just think those discussions are very interesting. Like right. how you organize a marketing team in the 21st century. I think measurement continues to be something that like, why do we use, instead of just using the measurements that we have, let's mm -hmm. talk about like what we actually want to measure and figure out how to do it. I think too often we sort of fall back on what's available Right. And then we're not talking about the right thing. So I really enjoy those discussions. And then, you know, I would be remiss to not 
mention AI right now, but <laughs> yeah, it's all the rage to talk about yeah. it. And I mean, I agree. Like, actually, all of those are are pretty interesting because, like, I've been talking to a, I talked to a bunch of CMOs, but yeah, they, a lot of them have like privately said that we really need a new model for marketing. Like, like, and that, what they're meaning, I think, in that is like the team design, the capabilities, the measurement component. Um, yeah. So much has kind of evolved and changed. And some of what we thought was working, measurement systems around, you know, attribution and things like that are becoming less, like, less favorable yeah. now because of the technology limitations, which is kind of crazy to say, especially in the same breath to talk about AI, which is like the yeah. opposite of that, right? Like, so I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's something to work on is some sort always, of new model. I always like to talk about too, like when you're thinking about, okay, what's the scorecard for this or how are we going to measure it? Like, don't worry about if you can get that number, especially right. for us, right? Attribution is pretty tough. It's, mm-hmm. it's online to offline. Like it goes right. through a sales channel, all of that stuff. But just clear the table for a second and say, if we could, how would we approach this? Again, mm-hmm. it's just like ideation. It's like, don't, don't be restricted just answer the question of like, what's the best way for us to measure this? Right. And then sort of back up from there. I love that. I love that. Well, on a personal level, are there brands, companies or causes that you're following you think other people should take notice of? Yeah, I feel, I love this question. I also feel like it's a, it's a lot of pressure. You know, like, <laughs> have you gotta have a good list. No, I'm just, yeah. I'm faking. I'm faking. Anybody could ask you this at any time. So yeah. you'll have to be ready. So just for fun, I will start with the fact that I actually love to talk about states, cities, and people as brands when you want to use examples. So one great example that I have is New Jersey. I think New Jersey is a very confident brand. It knows who it is. It's never in the shadow (laughs) of New York, even though it could very easily be. And I would say it might describe itself as classy, yet sassy. (laughs) It has a Twitter handle, which really knows what New Jersey is all about and explores the brand on a regular basis. So I think, and I'm from Pennsylvania, so it takes a lot for me to share this as an example, but I think, you know, New Jersey is a very interesting example. And like we've started talking about, brands are so much more than their advertising, but from an advertising perspective, what TurboTax, you know, I pay attention to industries that maybe aren't the sexiest. So TurboTax did this year, and happy tax day. We're just a couple days. We're just a couple days after what they did this year around there. Don't do your taxes. That campaign. First of all, the creative was beautiful. This heightened reality. This really like interesting understanding of its consumers. But the thing that I thought was, which I really appreciated, was clearly in the brief. The media they understood the media. So much so that they were able to create a campaign that worked as a Super Bowl ad all the way through to a sound off environment. And they created this family of assets that really could travel so many places, which meant from an executional standpoint, that was really well done. I think that's a good example. And then last, just tried and true, great example. I think Trader Joe's is an incredible brand. Like clearly those employees and those stores really express what the brand is all about. They delight on a regular basis. So I think Trader Joe's is my, there's a gold standard there. I love that. Yeah. And I, I spend way too much money at Trader Joe's uh-huh. for the Trader Joe's CMO that's out there. Going yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching every time he shows up. Every time um, we 
Trader Joe's is a great example. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And I've never heard New Jersey described exactly how you described it. Oh. But I, I I agree with everything you said, though. I mean, for for those New Jersey people that are about to come kill me because they think I'm going to go to New York on them or something, <laughs> uh, it's a very beautiful state that people under uh, yeah. under underestimate. I guess. Yeah, Jersey Shore. It has hiking right. trails. Yeah. The mountainside is uh, or the hills. I don't know if they're typically mountains, yeah. but they're, it's beautiful too. Yeah. Um, anyway. I actually used to live in Jersey City and we had these awesome t-shirts that said, Jersey City, you don't know, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so sassy. <laughs> I love, yes. Yes. Very sassy. Very sassy. Well, last question for you. What do you feel like is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? Yeah, I think it's um, beyond marketers, just for everyone. What I've been thinking a lot about lately, and even this conversation, Alan, is just after the pandemic, I think connecting with people on video or in real life and having conversations and talking shop, it's just... I definitely lost some of that during the pandemic. I went deep into pure world and Mm -hmm. wasn't able to sort of get out there. And I think that's something I'm really just looking forward to in this coming year. And I so appreciate this conversation as it relates to that goal that I have. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there's some groups I can put you in touch with too that that do some local events as well. Oh, thank you. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I I agree. I agree. It's, uh, It's like a a rebirth, the coming out, if you will, of, of yeah. trying to get back out there. And me on a personal level, family, we, we've fully embraced the revenge travel trend. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh my gosh. That's we, too. we just got back from an international trip and I can't wait to go again. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, we hope to speak one this year too. So yeah, it is awesome, on the list. Awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it was such a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with post-production support from Sam Robertson. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.